Hello and welcome to Pharmacast, the official School of Pharmacy podcast here at Queen's University Belfast. Uh, this is going to be the first podcast in our careers theme um, and I'm delighted to be joined by a number of special guests for our first podcast in this series. We have Joanne Barry, who's a senior lecturer here at the School of Pharmacy but also our careers liaison academic and we're also joined by Jonathan Clark who's the CEO of Locate Locum but he also is a, an alumni of the School of Pharmacy here at Queen's as well. So without much further ado, what I thought I would do is hand over to yourself, Joanne, first of all, if you can talk us through a little bit about what you do as careers liaison academic, and then Johnny will get a little bit of a background, a bit of history from you, and we'll start to talk about the business and locoming more generally as well. Yeah, surely. Um, thanks, Dan, and welcome back to Johnny, to the School of Pharmacy. Um, so part of my role here in the school is that I would support our students around planning for their career, and that really begins quite soon when our students join us. Um, Our pharmacy students typically are going to register as a pharmacist um, but there's so many different pathways that that can involve and we will work alongside the Central Careers Employability and Skills team um, around developing their skills um, and making sure that they're future ready for graduation and the workforce in the future. Um, For our students on our other pathways they're um, pathway can be quite different. Um, Many will go into the pharmaceutical industry um, and we will support them on perhaps planning for placement and planning for aptitude tests and supported by lots of different colleagues in that as well. And we'll offer one-to-one support with those students who, who need additional support. Um, and that's probably my role. Over to you, Johnny. Thanks, Dan and Joanne, for having me uh, back at the School of Pharmacy. Slightly strange. Um, looks like <laughs> not a lot of things have changed in one way, but seeing some of the students and even noticing how different the school fleeces are at the <laughs> minute was quite interesting. Um, happy to be here. Uh, I'm CEO of Locata Locum. Um, Locata Locum is an online platform that connects locum pharmacists directly uh, with, with employers. Uh, so we work with some of the biggest names in pharmacy, uh, companies like Boots, Superdrug, and we also work with a, a range of the independent sector uh, also. Great stuff. Thank you very much, Johnny. Um, so I think Joanne and I, given our roles um, within the school, I think we'll probably just spend a, a little bit of time just peppering some questions at you, Johnny. Would be the way to do this, just to, to kind of pick your brains a little bit in this. Joanne, I think we maybe would start just in terms of Johnny's background, career maybe. So, um, Johnny, like in terms of obviously CEO now um, of Locata Locum, there's obviously been a bit of a run-up to that. So could you give us a little bit of a snapshot in terms of what got you to this point, um, your career so far, how you've got to be, where you sitting in this chair talking to us and on the podcast today. <laughs> Sounds a lot more glamorous than what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I graduated from Queen's uh, in 2012 um, and I did my, my pre-reg with Clear Pharmacy uh, here in Northern Ireland and absolutely loved that. did my pre-reg in a health centre pharmacy, so it was open early in the morning, open late at night, super busy. I think there was, at one time it was known as the busiest pharmacy in Northern Ireland. I think it's beaten now by another pharmacy in uh, the Antrim area direction. But after that, then, uh, I had the opportunity of working as a locum pharmacist because, unfortunately, at that time, uh, the pharmacy market, there wasn't a lot of permanent jobs on offer. So locum was the go-to thing. We could sort of offer your services flexibly um, and sort of choose when and where you, you, you wanted to work. Um, and that actually sort of suited my preferences at the time. I was still living at home. I was able to travel. Um, and I worked across a range of, of companies here really in Northern Ireland but um, I, I luckily had my name on the waiting list for uh, hospital uh, positions in Northern Ireland the band 6 interview waiting list 
and I, I luckily actually uh, got offered a position on that. So I decided to stop the, the flexible sort of life of, of a locum <laughs> and took up a permanent position as a band six uh, hospital pharmacist. Um, and I was a hospital pharmacist probably for three years uh, overall. So I did my, my uh, typically in hospital pharmacy, you rotate through a number of different areas. So I did the full sort of rotation. Um, and at that time then, I'd always sort of had a, an, an itch uh, to create my own business. Um, and uh, I still locumed at evenings and weekends and, a, and an opportunity really came. Um, I'd taken a decision to do a career break, actually. Luckily, when you when you work for the NHS, you work there, I think, for a couple of years, you get the opportunity to take a career break where they literally hold your, your job and you can go off and you can travel. So I took the opportunity to, to travel uh, with my then girlfriend, now wife, uh, around the world. And I thought I would take that year to really understand if there was an opportunity to get involved uh, in business. So the idea that I had at the time was um, related to being a locum pharmacist. Typically to find work, you'd print off business cards and you'd travel around the pharmacies. Um, and it's tough, right? It's like the pharmacist is yep. busy and, and do, doesn't <laughs> want to speak to you. Um, you would, you would leave your business card and then you would hope that in the event that they needed a locum, they would ring you. Now, bear in mind, there's probably about 200 other business cards in that drawer. <laughs> yeah, and I'll not bore you with details. You know, some people do different styles of business cards to try and style out, but overall, it's not that effective. Um, so I had an opportunity really to um, create a, like a website really at that time to, to uh, offer my details as a pharmacist. And the first brainwave that I had was that actually, well, it's not only me in this position, there's at least 100 other peers from my university year group. And that's really what Locata Locum started as. It was a little make-it-yourself website that um, looked like it did everything, but it didn't. You, you <laughs> registered your details, and behind the scenes, I was sort of matching. So, you know, one day we would have got a call from a pharmacy in somewhere in Northern Ireland requiring a locum, and I would have then went through the list on the other side to try and match. Um, first month we did I think three placements overall and I, I felt uber successful <laughs> um, but really since then it's sort of been a seven-year journey uh, building that up and really you know to, to talk about where we are now we now um, our software funnels some of the biggest names uh, in pharmacy um, and last count I think we have about 33,000 pharmacists registered on the platform wow. so it's significant mm. uh, we're known why I leave it in the market and there was a real uh, opportunity for people choosing to be a local. Does That's that give you a flavour? Brilliant, yeah. yeah. I hadn't realised you just had so many people on your, your platform registered. I, yeah, so it's crazy. It's, it's, it's taken off. Brilliant. Yeah. So I suppose you've used your skill as a pharmacist and it, one thing I'm hearing that is that, you know, process. We're very processy mm. people. We like processes and we're driven by, by that and insurance. So it sort of started that way. On reflecting back to your training as an undergraduate pharmacy student, is there skills that you picked up there that you think has really set you up for this career path that you're on? Yeah, overall, I think, you know, throughout the degree, I had an opportunity to improve my communication skills. You know, the amount of uh, modules that you have to be able to communicate effectively. I always remember RTS, responding to symptoms, you know, being able to communicate effectively yeah. at that stage and, mm-hmm. and and you know I must admit it was stressful at those times you know to get it right on mm-hmm. on the day because if you didn't it could be the, the difference between passing or failing that mm-hmm. particular module so uh, alongside communication the ability to sort of work under under pressure and the deadlines um, 
Outside that, and probably not appreciated at the time, the whole analytical side, you know, I didn't particularly enjoy statistics, but, you know, I have a, a basic understanding yeah. of statistics yeah. side, which has proved me, me well through, because many of my decisions has to be based on data, or at least assumptions related to data on that way, so that was another key um, example. Yeah, and I imagine when you look back now, that wouldn't have been the, the things you'd no. been saying to no. us, absolutely. Not, not, not at all, not, not. at all. Um, I'm sure it hasn't been all smooth running mm-hmm. over the past seven years and currently we're, we spend a lot of time talking to our students. Things go wrong in your career and you make mistakes and you have to pick yourself up and, and go again. Have you had any learnings like that along the way? Or maybe it's been all plain sailing. <laughs> no, 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 not, not by any means. You know, I, I, I sometimes describe it as um, literally for the last seven years, it's been like pushing this big rock up a hill. Mm. And even, you know, where we are now with many sort of blue chip clients, you know, 50 members of staff are growing uh, year on year. It's still really, really tough. So it comes with those sort of challenges. Um, you know, things in particular to highlight, you know, hiring mm. staff, dealing with, with many sort of ranges of staff has yeah. been mm-hmm. difficult you know really severe sort of contract negotiations where it's you know right at the wire and then going a different way um but i i think that's really you know i've learned from that also you know because that's without getting too sentimental that's life mm-hmm. at the end of the day it's challenges it's ups and downs and the ability to be able to sort of pick yourself up and really move forward i think is the key difference so all i made sure was every day no matter how difficult the day was previous was sort of pick myself up and uh and go again and you know here i am seven years later still really enjoying it and there's still challenges to deal with but we just have to work through them brilliant so in in terms of your shelf johnny i want to talk a little bit about locoman and get a little bit of advice and some some assistance from you people who are thinking about locoman and and getting into that in the next sort of year or so um in terms of your development so we as pharmacists we talk about cpd and continuing professional professional development easy for me to say um you're in a slightly different sphere now in that you're an entrepreneur and you're leading this business that's very closely linked to pharmacy but also linked to lots of different things how are you developing yourself at the minute how are you kind of engaging in training to kind of take your business to the next level in terms of your entrepreneurship as well yeah, well, well uh, for clarification, I still uh, am active within the, the register. Right. Brilliant. Um, I, I felt that's important. Yeah. Um, I must admit, it's, it's probably been at least 24 months or so since I've taken an active uh, shift. Uh, but it's nice and comfort that, you know, given if there was a scenario that I've been able to step in and do that. So yeah. obviously with my uh, professional registration, I have to do CPD yeah. requirements every year. Yeah. And you're lucky that uh, I can't remember exactly, but there is a large proportion of it is relevant to your role. Yeah. So, you know, within the business context, a lot of my sort of learning um, has been instrumental really in their growth. So I can sort of document that for yeah. CPD. Um, I have to actively seek out the more pharmacy specific side of things, mm-hmm. but, you know, with, with, things changing year on year within the contract or different services being uh, you know provided Absolutely, yeah. I can easily sort of pick that up um, mm-hmm. and do those additional courses yeah and I think that's a key point I think that there will be a, a lot of pharmacy graduates and, and hopefully pharmacists listening to the podcast here maybe have a business idea and are thinking of developing that and the idea that that counts towards CPD and something that you can do that's related to the profession is, is a really really good thing so entrepreneurship is something I wanted to talk to you about as well it's, it's something that is a, a, you know a major part of what we teach at the school here and we, we like to make sure that that our graduates leave thinking a little bit about entrepreneurship you know regardless of the area that they're in um, in terms of your journey to being an entrepreneur we've talked a little bit about you know your the skills that you got from the m farm 
Um, in terms of that entrepreneurship and, and that journey, are, are there any sort of big learnings or, or advice that you would kind of give as sort of general starting points to somebody who is maybe got an idea? They've got that little sort of kernel of an idea that they want to expand out. What sort of approach, what sort of advice would you give? What sort of next steps do you think someone in that position should take? So, so most people, when thinking about entrepreneurship, um, really think the most important point is the idea. And okay, yes, you need to have an initial idea, but I can speak firmly and say that your idea actually changes over the over the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so many people, oh, I'm just waiting this sort of big idea. The idea that I originally had for Locata Locum was slightly different actually to what we do today. Right. So yes, there was the provision of uh, locums to pharmacies, but actually what we majorly sort of do today is we're we're a software layer where majority of sort of large pharmacy chains actually how they interact with their locums, how they find them in the shifts, and okay. how they actually pay it. So it's sort of morphed alongside that. Um, what's really important, I think, or more important, is you actually have to be interested. You know, what is the problem <laughs> that you're trying to solve? Is there a problem there? Um, you know, you need to think through who's the customer. Is there a viable business opportunity? You see a lot of people sometimes, and, and I appreciate you know you can be a you can be an entrepreneur, you can be an entrepreneur within a you know a charity sort of sense. Yeah. I'm speaking specifically from the business side of things. Is there a customer? So someone there that's going to pay it for it uh, at, at the end of the day I think is key um, and uh, most importantly you know as we, we reflected on the challenges you have to be passionate about it you have to actually care uh, at the end of the day because that's what's going to carry you sort of forward great stuff thank you very sage advice there John <laughs> um, I guess before we start to talk about Locum in a little bit more um, in, in terms of future directions for the business, um, obviously very successful, you know, great number of staff and, and things are moving in the right direction. You might not be able to talk about the future plans. It could be oh, very yeah, confidential, happy, but happy, um, sure. in terms of future plans for the business and, and what we can expect next from you, is there anything sort of in the fire as we speak? Yeah, so I, I suppose that while, while pharmacy was our initial market that we moved into, that was just really based on my experience as a pharmacist. Yeah. Um, the challenge that I seen trying to find local work and I was able to use my connections within pharmacy to sort of get the business going. But really the problem that we solve, you know, locums or the sort of management of temporary staff isn't unique to pharmacy in, a, in, a, in any way. It's actually applicable to the wider sort of healthcare uh, sphere. So I'm, I'm really pleased to say most recently in the business we've actually launched within the optometry sector. Well, okay. And would you believe the challenges within that sector are nearly the same uh, within the pharmacy sector and actually we're quite lucky a number of our customers coexist in both uh, verticals also so we've been able to sort of demonstrate that so it's a bit like building the business from the start again starting right at the beginning where no one knows us uh, you know we don't have many locums or employers on either side and building it up from scratch um, but I really enjoy that longer term um, our sort of uh, position as a company is we want to enter a market you know become the market leader and then replicate then in an adjacent uh, market so now our focus really is is within the optometry sector um, and we've got our our sights on uh, the veterinary sector actually also it's another adjacent market where there's a high influx of locums alongside it but that's probably that's going to take up the next three years we've got a lot of work to do in the optometry sector first First. keep you busy um Johnny, I suppose it's a, it's a very natural point to just think about those pharmacists that you would have most direct contact work or contact with in your work, and they're the, the people who work as locums. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're very conscious that that is a path that a lot of our graduates follow, mm-hmm. whether for either their whole career or for part of their career, and sometimes start off that way, and sometimes then life change to that way as well. Um, what's it like being a locum just at the moment as a pharmacist? What's your experiences? 
So, so the market, I would say, is, is very healthy. Um, there's a number of different factors uh, that's affected the market. Um, you know, COVID, for example, there was a lot of sort of pent up demand. So typically what happened within the COVID pandemic is that um, employed pharmacists wouldn't have taken their holidays as much. Why? Mm-hmm. It's because the whole travel industry was disrupted. Yeah. You couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. So there was this sort of pent up demand then alongside that. And they've had that sort of spill out then uh, into the, uh, the adjacent years. And, and alongside that sort of pent up demand, there's actually, uh, there's a, a requirement for a much higher supply of pharmacists, would you believe it mm-hmm. as well? And the reason for that is because we've had different sort of workforce trends happening. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've talked about before the, the movement of pharmacists into the primary care sector, uh, for example. Um, and most importantly, actually, you know, the demand on, uh, talking about community pharmacy, most in, uh, in general, is the demand actually within community pharmacy is greater than ever. Why? Is because, you know, people are living longer. You know, conditions are being treated more. You go into any pharmacy, their growth year on year mm-hmm. is up significantly. And that's created a really, really healthy uh, market. You know, to recall back whenever I graduated, it wasn't the most mm-hmm. healthiest of, of markets. You really had to struggle to find work. Really now, um, you know, if I bring up the mobile application and show you, you could work every day between now and next year. Wow. My um, and it's not the most important factor, but the remuneration mm-hmm. associated with that is, yeah. is significantly increased as well, which is really positive. Yeah. To see. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Because it is important that we, the skills that the pharmacist brings to that um, pharmacy on a daily basis are getting yep. rewarded appropriately. Yep. So that's, that's positive to hear as well. Um, a lot of our graduates um, think about locoming and planning. What advice would you give them about planning for that? So, you know, they'll have extra responsibility around insurance, around indemnity insurance, um, going into different teams every day and maybe being the leader in that team for that one day or a week that they're there for. Any nuggets of advice there? Yep, yep. Um, I'm just trying to reflect back. I'm sure I have a blog article somewhere where I've referenced this, but uh, off the top of my head, you know, obviously you need to be uh, in the correct sort of professional stance. So, for example, you know, you shouldn't practice uh, as a pharmacist without the correct indemnity insurances in place. Um, I would say to any prospective locums, there there is a, a general assumption that you can fall under the, the uh, insurance of the employer you're working for, but okay. I would actually recommend you get your own standalone yep. insurance um, mm-hmm. alongside that. Alongside that, a lot of the companies that we work with require um, a standalone police check. So if you're locum in, in Northern Ireland, that's an, uh, an access and I. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And the key part of that is it has to be an enhanced access and I because, you know, the use of the consultation room and, and working with fun, vulnerable adults and yeah. children, that's mm-hmm. sort of Absolutely. mandated. Yeah. Uh, most people tend to think you can just get a basic access and I and that doesn't uh, stand. And then separate of that, it's about the services you can deliver. You know, yes, the market is buoyant, but if us three as practicing pharmacists were going forward for a shift, what is it that you can provide that's going to make you sort of stand out that the, that the pharmacy owner would, would pick you? Mm-hmm. And that comes down to the services really you can deliver. So keep on top of your CPD, keep on top of, say, the, any contractual changes if there's a new service uh, being delivered that you can skill up uh, alongside that and be able to offer it as soon as it's really uh, commissioned. Yeah, um, those are the sort of key ones. One thing I thought might be worth it, maybe 
got the conversation a little bit on its head, but I think it's still worth talking about is I think maybe some of the, the current M Farm students and maybe other listeners maybe might not understand what locoming actually is and what being a locomant kind of entails. Mm. We've, we've talked about the fact that there are lots of jobs out there and, and that, that payment is, is getting a lot more lucrative as well. But why else would somebody might be interested in locoming? Why is it a, a sort of viable career to get into? What other sort of benefits and perks would there be in terms of you graduate as a pharmacist, you complete your foundation training year, you're ready to go out and be a pharmacist in some way, shape or form. Why is locoming something that you would consider in terms of the benefits, even outside of the great pay, of course, obviously. <laughs> um, but, you know, is there anything else that's worth considering when it comes to actually thinking about career path and locoming is one of those? Yep, yep. Um, so funny story, I've been doing a bit of work in the States recently and actually the word locum there is not u- used uh by any means right. in the same okay. sort of context. So when you, you tell them, you know, you're from Locata Locum, they're sort of looking at you like you have two heads and, <laughs> and, and they don't know what you're talking about. But Locum is actually in, is in the, the dictionary. Um, yeah. And if you look it up, um, not not the true definition, but it's someone alongside it's, it's uh, providing services uh, as a medic professional on a freelance basis. Okay. So that's really what, what, okay. what Locum in is. Locum yeah. um, or discussing really the reasons about why you would want to become a locum or, or why I became a locum is I, it really represented a great opportunity to get out into the market and learn sort of mm-hmm. different ways of working. You know, if you do your pre-reg in one shop and you have a good mentor, you're generally soaking up the way they, mm-hmm. uh, you know, see the profession, the yeah. way they dispense their sort of good habits and also their bad habits. But the, the locum world was an opportunity to get out and look right across, particularly in Northern Ireland context, get right across and see how different pharmacies operated, um, engage with different sort of patient uh, cohorts uh, as well. I really love the flexibility of it, and I think that's a key sort of factor for people choosing to become a locum. You know, that sort of choose when and where yeah. uh, you want to work. Um, which is a really important point. You know, if you look at sort of key workforce trends sort of happening, um, there's a term you might have heard before called the gig economy. You know, companies like Uber and, and Deliveroo was all about empowering people to choose yeah. on their own accord when and how they want to work. And there's there's many sort of research studies out there, but there's one by Deloitte that predicted, I think, by 2050, it was a 50% of the workforce was going to be providing their services on a, on a, on a on-demand or sort of freelance basis. I thought was really really interesting mm-hmm. and that comes back to the ability you know longer term uh, and I think some employers are thinking around this uh, you know the sort of context of having a nine to five and having it for 40 years I think is that's going to change mm-hmm. um, I'm not here today saying you're just going to be a locum there's this term <laughs> sort of talked about portfolio careers yeah. and you know you'll you'll probably coexist and maybe a part of the working week maybe potentially as a locum sure and another part you'll maybe have a standalone sort of context okay. and I think in the, in the in pharmacy, it presents a really opportunity, you know, because there's multiple sectors that you can provide your services into. And it's a real opportunity to sort of delve uh, mm. into that and, and, and be successful within it. Yeah, I suppose that's evidenced by the fact that you're now running a business and still taking the occasional locum shift and keeping your, your head in the game as well there, which is, which is good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's a very positive thing. I mean, I think everybody in the room has experience of, of locuming and there's definite benefits to it. And, and yeah, there's there are some, not necessarily downsides, but considerations that you might have to make as someone who's not a sort of salaried employee of, of a, an organisation as well. I mean, are there anything there oh, that's the, sort of the main aspects that people should consider? Totally, there, there's, some, there's important points, you know, to consider. Um, you know, one aspect we find locums uh, maybe sort of challenges sometimes is you are dropped in this scenario mm-hmm. one time. I remember when I was a locum, I had to work in a community pharmacy um, and 
the dispensers were getting their tea ready as they always do for 10 a.m. and whenever they flicked the kettle on, it knocked out the electric in the whole shop, um, which meant then I couldn't get through the prescription workload the yeah. same. Lo and behold, I wasn't asked back. So there's, there's, there's a risk, <laughs> you know, along alongside that. Um, also, you know, there's a lot of risk around, you know, you, you sort of, you don't have that sort of regular salary coming in. Yeah. You know, you're providing yeah. your services and then you're responsible for collecting the funds alongside that. Mm-hmm. I think presents, can present some challenges uh, for some for some people. But um, I'm biased, but I would say, the, <laughs> you know, the, the positives do outweigh uh the negative aspects of, of, of being a locum. Um, and what we find within the sector is there's, there's different sort of aspects of when people would sort of migrate towards locum. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a big increase, particularly when people finish their uh, pre-registration or foundation year training. And I think that's a, an experience aspect. Mm-hmm. They want to see the world. You know, they want to be a bit more flexible. They want to put their roots down in terms of making mm-hmm. a choice around uh, employment. Then after that, once you get married and maybe have children, there's sometimes is a migration towards a more employment mm. uh, aspect. People would move away from locum. Yeah. And then at the end of our career, what we see is when people would maybe semi-retire or, or you know sell their own shop, for example, there'd be a real increase in locum at that level sure. uh, also. Yeah, lots of words of wisdom for, for people to reflect on. And I think it, it is definitely, it's a career path for, yep. for some people as well. Um, it's been great chatting with you and I've definitely learned a lot more about what you've done since you've left us and it's it's great to see you back with us and hopefully people from your year group or around on the M Farm programme, Johnny, when you were about will um, have good memories of reflecting back on the, the time as a pharmacy student as well. Um, I've really... Uh, I'm happy to, to wrap up now, unless, Dan, you've anything else to, to no, finish I, up with. I agree, Joanne. I think it's it's been fantastic to hear your story, Johnny, in terms of um, from us knowing each other from, from way back through to what you've done now and, you say, going over to the States and trying to get into the businesses there. It's it's really, really great to hear. And, yeah, I think your your ability in entrepreneurship and, and what you've done is hopefully going to be an inspirational to a lot of the students and, and our, our foundation year trainees here listening to this as well. So, yeah, look, all that's left for me to say is, is to thank both uh, Jonathan Clark and the Joanne Barr for, for joining us for the podcast today we'll as always provide some additional info including how you can get access to uh, the Locate Locum platform online um, with the additional information that we'll provide along with the podcast so until next time um, we'll hopefully see you here on the podcast very very soon so thanks very much for now